What's up, everybody? Derek here with The Break Podcast. I hope you're having a great fall, a great deer season, duck season, elk season, whatever it is you're hunting. I hope it's been great. It's been a while since I've been in here to do one of these podcasts, close to a month, I think. But I've been super busy with my real non-fun job on the railroad, and whenever I'm not doing that, I've been out hunting every minute I can possibly be out. But fortunately, I killed a buck. Surprisingly, you got to be surprised that I killed a buck. And a good one, too, which we'll talk about later. But that's given me some time to get in here and do one of these podcasts. So, before we get into all that stuff, the Break Podcast is brought to you by Browning Trail Cameras. Simply the best trail cameras on the market for the money, no doubt. All the Browning Trail Cameras, the quality that they produce and the durability of these cameras they should probably be priced double what they are but browning trail cameras we are thankful they are not so we can all afford awesome trail cameras that last forever visit browningtrailcameras.com to check out the full line of trail cameras and look for them at a retailer near you the break podcast is also brought to you by the Neistat foundation the Neistat foundation is an organization that helps veterans and active duty military members readjust to civilian life through various outdoor activities and adventures. It's a great organization that I've fortunately, fortunately I've been a part of uh, for a few years now, helping those guys, taking them out on hunts. And we've done several video, uh, several episodes of the break with Neistat Foundation hunts. So I know it helps. I've seen firsthand how it helps these veterans um, with things that they may be struggling with. So if you find it in your heart to donate to any organization that helps our veterans, please visit Neistat.org. It's K-N-I-E-S-T-E-D-T.org. Neistat.org. The break is also brought to you by Banks Outdoors, the leader in hunting blinds if you haven't sat in a stump blind and you're looking for luxury and to be out of the elements and looking for something that's durable it's going to last forever check out a banks outdoor stump blind in fact simply go to youtube and search for 2018 banks outdoors commercial and check that out and just look at the durability of these blinds and you'll see why that's the only blind that we use is the Banks Outdoor Stump Blind. Also, you need feeders or watering systems. Banks has those as well. Check them out, banksoutdoors.com. The break's also brought to you by Browning. Browning Firearms, Browning Apparel, and Browning Ammo. The best there is. That's the, that's the Browning tagline, and they simply are. Check them all out. Everybody knows about the Browning guns, right? But check out the Browning apparel as well. The Hell's Canyon line and the, the Hell's Canyon line of hunting apparel and the Speed line as well. Super high quality clothes, uh, hunting hunting clothes that uh, you will not regret trying. So give them a try as well. The break's also brought to you by HHA Sports. The number one for like 13 years in a row, 14 years in a row, 15, I can't remember. I can't keep up with all of them. But the number one single pin adjustable sight, bow sight. Um, I use the Optimizer Kingpin. Great sight. Check it out at hhasports.com. 
break is brought to you by Indian Creek Shooting Systems, the number one choke tube there is. And they get that award not simply by being voted by users as the best choke tube. Everybody has their favorite, but this is actually a shooting competition. The NWTF and various other shotgun shooting um, competitions where they count the amount of pellets in a 10-inch circle at X amount of yards, generally 40 yards, I think. Indian Creek is always coming away with the championships in those, in various divisions. I think they won 8 out of 12 divisions last year, whether it's junior, senior, pros, amateurs, whatever it is at the NWTF. However many categories there are, Indian Creek has won the majority of them. So check it out, Indian Creek SS.com. The break's brought to you by iScope Optics. If you want to record your hunt right off your scope, get an iScope. You can mount your phone right to it, and you're looking through your scope right on your, your iPhone monitor or your whatever it is you have, the Samsung. The other good thing about iScope, the product they make is the iSpotter. Put that on your spotting scope, and you can mount your phone right on there, and you're using a monitor to spot whatever it is, whether you're out west, you're spotting deer, just looking at anything, bird watching out of your house. It's much easier than putting your eyeball on that eyepiece of your spotting scope. Mount your phone on there and you got a display and three or four people, however many people are standing around, can watch it at once. Look at it at once instead of taking turns putting your eyeball on it. So check it out, iScope.com. The break's brought to you by Alps Outdoors. Alps Outdoors, we've been using their hunting packs for... Well, I've been using the same one for three years now, and generally I'm rough on packs. I'm super rough on them, and they only last a year. I've got the same pack that's been going for three years strong, carrying all my camera equipment, all my hunting equipment. They're great packs, super high quality. Check them out, Alps Outdoors with a Z.com. Also, the break is brought to you by Bison Coolers. Bison makes some of the best coolers there are insulated vacuum sealed coolers they also make tumblers and the cool thing about their tumblers are if you've got any sort of event you can get them custom made whether it's putting your business local logo on there for promotional items a wedding party a bachelor party whatever it is you want to do something creative bison coolers can do that for you check it out bisoncoolers.com the break's also brought to you by Vortex, a leader in optics. Whether it's binoculars, spotting scopes, or rifle scopes, Vortex is the way to go. You can check them out at vortexoptics.com. The break's also brought to you by Hunter Specialties. Hunter Specialties, you've heard of them. They've been around for a long time, and they make all kinds of specialty products for hunters. How about that? Turkey Calls. Deer hunting equipment, grunt tubes, um, also the Sinaway, which I am a big believer in using their Sinaway products. I've been using them since, gosh, I don't know how long, 15, 20 years. And luckily enough, we got them as a partner this year. So I am proud to have them as a partner. It's Hunter's Specialties. Their website, the short version, would be Hunter. S P E C hunterspec.com. That's a short version of that. So check their, check out their uh, website. Uh, extreme blower products is another one of our partners. 
Um, so they're, they're cedar. It's a cedar or spreader that you mount to your leaf blower. And you can really just easily spread your seed. The best application that I use it for, when I plant standing corn, I, I take their the extreme blower products, I hook it up to my leaf blower, I stand on the edge of this standing corn, one of my food plots, or just a cornfield or whatever if you want some some greenery underneath that when the farmer comes in and harvests it, just broadcast turnips or radishes or whatever seed you're going to plant, standing on the edge of the corn, just blow it over and you, that seed will, the blower will blow it out there at 20 yards or so, so um yeah, you're going to have some greenery when the when the the farmer comes in and combines that corn. You'll have a nice food plot of of turnips or greens or whatever it is. So check it out, extremeblowerproducts.com. Uh, the break is also brought to you by Matthews. The break is brought to you by locally here in southeast Missouri, Chris Will, Chris Willis RV. I uh, just bought an RV from them. A uh, camper trailer, actually, and I love it. They beat everybody's price with, by I bet you comparable, comparable items by five thousand bucks in my local area. So when they did that, I said, "Hey, how about uh, you work with us here on the break?" And they decided it was a good fit. So proud to represent Chris Willis RV. The break's brought to you by Ultimate Flooring and Paint here in Southeast Missouri. So if you need a you've got a painting project, a flooring project, uh, and much, much more interior design or whatever it is, give Ultimate Flooring and Paint a call. Call Darren Johnson. He's a good buddy of mine I went to high school with. Give them a call. Also, the break is brought to you by MK Supply in Benton, Missouri. Whether it's farm hardware, home sporting goods, guns, hunting equipment, MK Supply has it all. They're in Benton, Missouri. You can also visit their website and order right off there. Um, they do have e-commerce. It's mksupply.com. So it's spelled M and K would be K-A-Y and then supply.com. mksupply.com. Check out everything they've got. They've got a ton. So uh, that's it. That's all of our partners. I think I covered them all. I hope I did. Yes, I believe I did. Our other partners, friends of the show as well, SEMO Outfitters. That's where I've been duck hunting lately. Um, Shane Garner, check him out there. And if you need a duck hunt, a goose hunt, um, Missouri and Arkansas. I think he's just getting set up in Arkansas. That may not be ready yet, but uh, he'll have. if he doesn't have it this year, he'll have it next year. So check out SEMO Outfitters for your duck hunting needs. Hooker Mountain Outfitters is where we... Elk Hunt out west in northwest Colorado, Hayden, Colorado. Give them a call. Give Tom Coster a call there, or his wife, Selena, and uh, they'll get you set up on a hunt. Hopefully, they're generally booked up. But if you're looking for a lot of elk and a good time, Hooker Mountain Outfitters is definitely a place to go. All right, that covers it all, all of our partners. So today's podcast, I'll give you a little, we'll talk about my season i told you i killed earlier so we'll talk about that real quick um hasn't come without struggles for sure and then we're going to talk to tom rainey with browning trail cameras because we're going to do some things together at the ata show coming up in january so uh yeah tom and i'll talk about that for a while and then tom he's been deer hunting a little bit 
I'm sure he's deer hunting more than he leads on to, but he has he does have to work a lot. But I'm pretty sure he embellishes on that. I don't know. Maybe not, Tom. I'm sure you're really busy. But we'll talk about some hunts he's went on and then what we're going to do at the ATA show. So stick around. Here we go. This is The Break Podcast. This is Derek Dernberger, and you're listening to The Break Podcast. November has come and gone in the blink of an eye. I think I did my last podcast the first week of November, maybe second, third, fourth, fifth, whatever it was. I can't remember. It's been about a month ago. And I was talking about getting things cranked up for the rut. And literally, it's over. I mean, as a deer hunter, at least for me, I think about November and deer hunting the rut all year long you do everything to prepare for it whether it's hanging your tree stands planting your food plots running your trail cameras all year long trying to prep for it and then in the blink of an eye it's literally gone and that's what's happened this year fortunately i killed a buck this year it was last year well last year i killed a buck but i killed one out of frustration one that I normally wouldn't have killed. It was a two-year-old that I killed last year. And again, out of frustration for a rough, rough year. I spent a lot of money on leases, and the leases didn't turn out. And Yeah, it wasn't good. So I took my frustrations out on a nice, tender two-year-old a buck that was really good eating. But, you know, again, generally I wouldn't shoot him. But I did last year. But this year, I did shoot a mature buck. And it didn't come easy. It was a lot of frustration as well this year. Um, just didn't have... So I hunt I hunted three states this year. Or I'm still hunting three states, for that matter. Uh, being that it's early December here. What is the date today? December 5th? Yeah, that's right. It's December 5th today. So my season is, isn't over. So I'm still hunting. But hunting Missouri <clears throat> behind the house call it the home farm generally i have a buck to hunt there every year this year i did not last year actually i didn't either so it's two years in a row that i haven't had a buck to hunt at the home farm i've got two 10 points behind the house that are solid deer but they're just not where i want them to be i mean i you know if i'm gonna if i kill a buck Again, I just disregard last year because it was frustration. But if I kill a buck, it's a buck that I'm going to mount. I'm going to put on my wall. So this year, there's two bucks, a 10-point, two 10-points actually. One that's really good brow tines, heavy, short-tined, short, kind of short main beams. He's fairly wide. It may not be that short main beams because he is fairly wide, but they don't come around very much. I'm thinking maybe 20-inch main beams. But he's only a three-year-old. I would probably, I would say he's mid one thirties to upper one thirties. Um, not that I'm a score kind of guy, but I know he can be bigger and he will be more impressive. Now, an eight-pointer that's mid one thirties to upper one thirties, pushing one forty, that's a great deer, and I would definitely mount. But this one here. 
He's just not quite there. And he's only a three-year-old. So I don't even, I didn't even really hunt the house because he's good enough to where I'd be tempted to kill him. But I didn't want to because I know he's going to be even a better, better buck, a great buck next year. He may be 150s pushing 160 next year. If he grows next year, if he makes a jump next year, like he sort of made a jump this year, he was just a, a one, 115 inch eight point last year and now he's he's put on two extra points he's starting some little kickers and he's up there in the mid 130s possibly upper 130s right now so yes he could make a big jump long story short i don't want to hunt there and i got another 10 pointer that's when he walks you see the profile of him you think he's really good other than he seems a little thin horned but then when he's looking right at you, you can tell he's just not quite there yet. He's young too. He's probably in his he's probably in the mid mid to upper one twenties. Um, that buck. But he'll be a great buck next year as well, I would think. He will be in the one forties, possibly pushing one fifty if he makes a big jump from three to four years old. So two, three year olds there. Don't want to hunt them, didn't hunt them. Both of them, as of as of, let's see, when did I check my Browning Trail cameras last? I think as of the end of November, they were both still alive. They made it through gun season, so they just have to make it the rest of bow season and get through muzzleloader season. That's the only one I'm worried about. But if they can get through muzzleloader season, should be smooth sailing, and uh, they'll be around next year. I hope, I hope, I hope. Illinois, so we've got a lease in Illinois. It's a good lease. There's good deer on it. We run trail cameras over there. We hang stands. We plant food plots. We've got a couple of banks blinds over there ready to hunt. I got so busy with my real job that I forgot to apply for my firearms tag over there. And generally, there are leftover tags that you can buy over the counter. I didn't really worry about it, thought no big deal. Um, I waited a little bit too long to go buy my over-the-counter tag, and by the time I stopped by, they were completely sold out. So I spent money on a lease, did the prep work, got my Banks Blonde, brand new Banks Blonde I bought just to put over there, and I don't even get a hunt it this year. So I could go, I could go bow hunt over there. I could have bought my bow tag, but... It's not cheap. It's 500 bucks to buy a bow tag over there. And I already bought a bow tag for Kentucky or a deer tag over there in Kentucky. Thankfully, you just buy a deer tag and you can hunt every season, every deer season. But I didn't want to spend more money on another state when I still have Kentucky tag in my pocket. So Long story short, I didn't even get to hunt my lease this year where everything is totally set up. So, there were some leftover tags in another county that, in Alexander County, that I have some good buddies that I went to college with. They own about 900 acres there, and I've hunted on them before, years ago. Um, just hadn't been back recently because we've had our lease, and... Um, you know, we can manage it a little bit better there. But anyways, long story short, I gave those guys a call and asked if I could hunt on their place this year. Of course, 
they said, come on, super great guys, Tim and Todd, I really appreciate it. And I got in, let's see, it was the opening morning of firearm season. I'm working on my no fun job on the railroad. And I get in, so I missed opening day. I get in super late at night, Friday night, or early Saturday morning uh, from the train. So I think I got in at 2 in the morning, something like that. Um, so I wasn't about to go to bed and get up in one hour or just go with no sleep at all out to the woods. So I just slept in and I slept, uh, I got out of bed, I think at nine in the morning, something like that, eight and eight in the morning, grabbed my, uh, my shotgun. I just got a new BPS, Browning BPS rifled deer hunter. So, uh, it's all set up, um, ready to go. Grab my camera, grab my gear, and I decided I was just going to go in late morning and hunt the rest of the day. I'm going to a spot. I'm going in blind, basically. I don't have any cameras over there. I don't know what or what deer are over there, but I knew that it's a great area. I've hunted it before. I knew where I wanted to go. I was just going to go deep into the woods where there's there's two big ridges that come together up there, and there's a I don't know, probably five or six or seven little hills that come off those ridges down into this thicket in the bottom. And these bucks will just travel these little hills and up over these ridges and and scent check this thicket down here. So I knew where I wanted to go. I was just going to sit on the ground, go in there again. I haven't set up anything out here. Just going to wing it, old school style. Sit on the ground. Just walk out there and figure it out. So as I'm walking in, I walk through this creek bed to get back into this creek in this bottom. There's this creek that just winds through there where all the water runs off of these uh, these ridges and hills. And when it pours down rain, this thing looks like a white water rafting like like you'd see out in Colorado that, you know, the giant rafts are on. So, yeah, it's hardcore, this creek, when it's raining hard and wet but the creek was dry now so walking through this rock creek to get back to where i want to go and i get about 100 yards in there i need to go about 200 yards roughly into deep into the woods about 100 yards in i see a doe jump out of this thicket our tail wasn't up i couldn't tell if i jumped her or not but i just saw her kind of hop out of bed and kind of run deeper into the woods again tail wasn't up tail was down when she left so I didn't know, again, I didn't know if I jumped her or if she just didn't know what I was and took off. Regardless, a 10 point was running behind her. Pretty decent 10 point. I would say he might be 140. Um, if, you know, just the glance. And I say 10 point because I saw four vertical points. So I saw his two, three, and four, G2, three, and four off his left main beam as he's running through the woods. So I just assume. He's got a brow tine on that left side as well, and his right side's going to match. That's why I say 10 point. He chased her, or followed her, wherever she was going. Uh, so then I just sat there for a minute and decided, tried to figure out what I was going to do. If I was just going to sit right there out of this thicket or continue to where I wanted to go. Well, as I'm sitting there, here come a spike running down one of the hills that leads into this, off the ridge that leads into this bottom, comes running right at me. And stops, and he saw me. His nose was down, so I, I figured, well, that that doe's hot, and she's in here. His nose was down, coming down, but he come maybe 20, 30 feet from me, 
and stopped. He saw me. I was kind of standing in the wide open at that point, wondering, trying to see where these other ones, that, that tin and that doe went. But he saw me, and he blew and took off. So I was like, all right, he blew. I'm going to go back in deeper to where I want to hunt. So I continue. I find a little hill, one of the hills coming down. It's kind of a steep one uh, where I could see the bottom, and I figured it's as steep as it is, the deer probably aren't going to come right down the top of it down to the bottom they're going to walk the side so i figured it's my best bet for not for a deer not to walk right on top of me because it's really thick in there you can't see very far at all so i'm sitting there a lot of squirrels around making a whole lot of noise sit there for several hours it's about 3 30 and 3 20 3 30 and again all i think is i hear squirrels behind me and everywhere well, I happen to look to my left. So I'm sitting on the ground against a tree on this steep hill. I'm kind of on the right side of the crest of this little hill. So not on the very top because there wasn't a tree right on top where I needed to be. So I can't hardly see over the crest to my left. I got the, I'm sitting on the ground, back against a tree. I've got my tripod and my camera to my right. I've got it on a, a, uh, fourth arrow rex arm so if you want to look that up it is i wish fourth arrow was a sponsor but they're not because they make great products but i've got that on there so it gives me more movement on the tripod i've got it sitting on my right and about 3 30 i'm sitting there and i kind of see movement out of the corner of my eye to my left and i look over and i can see the buck's back a buck's back neck head and i see his tines i see four points on the one side he's a 10 pointer again what i assumed i see is two three and four g2 three and four of his right side walking parallel to me he's just walking sideways to me not walking at me not walking away from me perfectly parallel so i'm reaching over i'm kind of watching him i'm trying to feel my camera trying to find the record button now i've got the I found the on button. I turned it on. I see the LCD screens on and I can't find the stupid record button. And this buck is already the first time I saw him, he's at 35 yards um, walking. When he gets perfectly parallel to me, he's going to be exactly 20 yards from me. He's already at 35 yards and he's getting almost to my level. He's almost parallel with me perfectly. I'm sitting there trying to figure out this stupid record button. I can't find it. So I have to turn the camera and stick my head up to see where that record button is. I finally got it punched right. I've got it angled in or pointed in the right direction. I already had, luckily, it's so thick in there, I decided to turn on the manual focus because there's so much brush and leaves in the way that if I had it on autofocus, it would focus on one of those close leaves and or trees or whatever it is. And the, the actual shot would be out of focus. So I set the, the manual focus on at, I think, right at 20 yards because that's where I figured my shot would be. I think I set it between what's well, on by feet. So I think I set it at like 75 feet. So that would be 25 yards. So anyways, I had the manual focus on. I pointed in the right direction where this buck was walking. There was a big tree, and I had that big tree centered in the LCD screen. It's really hard to see what's in there. But I had it centered, and I'm good. So 
I went to grab my gun. I thought the buck was right behind this big tree. His head was. And I would be able to shoulder my gun and wait for him to clear that tree. And that's when I'd have my shot. Well, as I'm raising the gun up, I see his rack. He was, again, walking parallel to me. I had the profile of him. As soon as I started to raise my gun and shoulder it, I saw his head turn, actually his rack turn, and now he's looking right at me. And I just knew I was absolutely busted, and as rough of a season as it's been for me, it has been for me to that point, I was about to destroy my camera, probably throw my gun into the woods and just say, you know what, I'm done. I wouldn't have been that dramatic, but you get what I'm saying. It was, everything was coming down there. And it sat, it felt like we had a stare down for three, four minutes. But looking back at the footage, it was about 20 seconds that he was looking at me. And I'm thinking, no, please don't bolt. Please don't bolt. And he took, and I just knew he was because behind the tree, his vitals were blocked I mean, just perfectly behind that tree. All I could see was his head around the corner of this tree, and I could see his ham on the other side of it. Well, instead of just taking off, just turning around and going back where he came from, again, I wouldn't have had a shot, he took two steps forward and started to turn to go away from me, probably about to take off running. But just those two steps, and he started to turn away from me, give me... A quartering away shot, a hard quartering away shot. It looked harder in the the actual footage because we were at a different angle. But I ended up shooting him. I got the shot off. Again, it was only at 20 yards. Shot him right behind his rib cage on his right side, and it came out his shoulder. Actually, his right below his shoulder and the legs. He is lower than me. Um, but it came out his other side and come through his leg, basically. His high leg, low shoulder. And he ended up running. I knew I hit him. He mule kicked high, and he took off running kind of parallel again. And then he turned to go in front of me. And as he was turning to go in front of me, I shot at him again. I knew I hit him the first time. I wasn't exactly sure where, but I figured the ethical thing to do was try to get another one in him. Well, I didn't get another one in him. My bullet hit a tree. and uh, But he ended up running, and I see him stop at about 40 yards. And he started getting shaky, and he tipped over. And I killed a good buck. He ended up 10-pointer, clean 10-pointer, um, about 18 inches wide, good tines, good mass. He ended up scoring right at 152 and some change. So uh, I am super stoked with that deer. And you talking about deer hunting, how it can go from you're having a horrible season and literally in the drop of a hat, it can totally change literally in 30 seconds. I mean, that's about what it, what it was from the time I saw him to the time I killed him was probably 30 or 40 seconds. That's how quickly it can be from a, what you consider a bad season to a good season. I know everybody says anytime you're sitting out in the woods hunting, you know, it's good, which it is, but you still want to be successful. At least I do. I still want to kill. So I don't consider necessarily a success unless I accomplish my goal every year which is killing a good mature buck that I'm going to put on my wall so it happened this year thank the lord and I killed a good buck and 
I got a lot of meat. So I'm happy. I'm happy. And my season's not over. I still got Kentucky. Then I'm going to start bow hunting here in the late season. And I'm going to hunt a property. So I had this lease in Missouri last year that I leased from a, a local person here who owns a lot of ground. Well, I leased it for two years in a row. And this year, he forgot that I was leasing it, that I had leased it the last two years. He's Again, he's got so much property. He has a, he has a property manager, a farm manager that manages all his properties that really takes care of all his farm leases and his hunting leases. So without talking to him, I guess he didn't realize I was leasing this one particular property. And he told a buddy of his he could hunt it this year. So I was out. Last year, I had a really good eight-point three-year-old on there that was wide probably 19 inches wide and i passed him last year thinking okay he's going to be a great one this year i'm going to get him well ended up not getting the lease this year but his buddy that was hunting there ended up killing a deer a decent deer but not the big one and the big one is apparently still out there so i got permission to hunt it the rest of the year so that is a good thing. I'm going to get out there and hopefully kill that thing or at least get an opportunity at it here soon. So I have that property to hunt is what I'm getting at in Missouri. So good deal for me and hunt Kentucky. So from going to what I was considering this year was going to be an absolute bust because I'm working too much on my no fun job and nothing to hunt at the house. Didn't get on my property didn't get a tag on my property in Illinois. Um, Kentucky's great. Hunting with Bill Wild Harbor and Billy Kellett over there. Kentucky is great. But I just haven't had the time to get over there as much as I want. So I wasn't sure how this year was going to shape up. But it's, it's actually coming together. Surprisingly. That's sweet November for you. How it can change just like that. The snap of your finger. If you didn't hear that, that's what I did. So... That's it. That's November. I'm not done deer hunting. Uh, I'm going to be duck hunting a lot here coming up too. Just went with SEMO Outfitters. James fought uh, Wild Story Productions, videoed it. Um, we didn't get into a whole lot of birds. Not down here yet, but they're coming. And when they get here, I'm going to be ready for it. Hunting over there with Shane Garner at SEMO Outfitters. So looking forward to that. Um, and then I've got a mountain lion hunt at Hooker Mountain. That could happen any day. I literally could be sitting here right now and Tom will call me. Tom Coster at Hooker Mountain Outfitters could call me and say, hey, we've got a cat. You need to get here. And then I've got to get a plane ticket to Denver, get a rental car from Denver, drive up to Hooker Mountain Outfitters, and we go get after this cat. So basically, Tom Coster at Hooker Mountain Outfitters will patrol his property every day when he sees a fresh track. He may see an elk kill that the cat killed in his garden. He'll be on it for a few days. That's when he calls me and say, there's a cat here. Come on, let's go get it. And hopefully that will happen. Again, it should happen this year as long as I'm not on my no fun job and away from the, away from the house where I can't go, that will happen. So that's it, man. That's what I've got hunting, deer hunting to go, duck hunting to go, and hopefully that mountain lion. Other than that, it is trade show season is almost here. I work the ATA show um, is the first one that I work for Browning Trail Cameras. Um, and then I'll work SHOT Show and um, usually another buying group show. Um, 
coming up as well. Usually I do that one in February. Last year I went to Dallas. But uh, ATA shows coming up, and it's always a lot of fun because I get to see all my partners, which is great. And then I get to see some other TV shows as well. So it's kind of like a little, I wouldn't call it a fraternity necessarily, but it's just like old college buddies that, uh, you know, you really don't see but once or twice, three times a year. An ATA show is one of them. So everybody's done hunting, generally speaking. Um, we get to hear all the hunting stories from everybody and what they've killed and just uh, have some fun. Work work the show and then uh, have some fun at night with, with your buddies that you've met through the years being in this industry. I'm looking really looking forward to it. But the show, so we're going to do some things with Browning Trail Cameras. I'm, gonna, I'm actually going to call Tom Rainey. I told him I was going to call him probably today um, if I had time to do this podcast. And uh, we're going to talk about, you know, what we're doing at the ATA show with this podcast and and everything. So, yeah, in fact, I'm going to call him right now. Let me buzz him up and see if we can get this going. It's Tom. Tom Rainey, Derek Dernberger. How are you? Not too bad. Not too bad. Got you on a podcast on short notice here. Nice. I'm, I'm okay with that. I need I need a break this time of year. I'm losing my mind. <laughs> You're supposed to be hunting and checking trail cameras, and that's it. I know. That's one, that's one of the dirty, dark secrets of the hunting industry. It, when we're supposed to be out hunting, uh, we're working. <laughs> <laughs> it's awful, man. Everybody's posting these pictures. Uh, I guess in Tennessee – I would say that we're either in the middle of the rut or or pretty close to the peak, and I, all I see is pictures of dead deer, and I see them on my laptop because that's where I am. <laughs> that's all right. Have you been out in Tennessee at all? Uh, I have for the first, well, I guess my entire life, and that that's probably, I could probably say that literally. Or my, we would always travel up to my grandparents for the week of Thanksgiving because that's always the opening week of gun season in Tennessee. So it starts that Saturday before Thanksgiving. And, uh, we still continue to do that. We go up to my parents' house, the parent, my parents' house is like five minutes from where we hunt. So we go up, I was able to hunt some during the first week. I, I would work in their kitchen on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. I think I even worked a little bit on Friday, but. It gave me a chance to get out and hunt a little bit. Uh, I have a new philosophy as I've gotten older that uh, if I'm going to be tired, I'm just going to sleep in and I'm going to take the afternoon shift. (laughs) 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 I I, I know that probably doesn't make me a trophy hunter, but (laughs) (laughs) I saw saw deer, I saw bucks every day, uh, and my niece and both of my nephews, all three killed bucks that week. Oh, good. I, I'm to the point where I enjoy hunting with them a little more than I'm worried about what my success is going to be during that week. It's just a good week and it's fun with them. So it, it was successful if nothing else. Yeah. Well, that's good. Well, it kind of helps. You know, I saw the picture you sent me from Texas, so it does take a little bit of the pressure <laughs> off. <laughs> when- I will. I will say that as I would go out to the stand here in Tennessee, I did not feel the pressure to wake up early or to succeed when I was in. 
so, so yeah, I saw the picture you texted me, but I haven't heard the story on that buck. Yeah, the 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 she the, well, you know me. There's no short version, so here we go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Browning uh, firearms and apparel. You know, we work closely with Rafe and Sean D in particular, and uh, we were contacted. It was about a year ago that uh, they wanted to put together a short film series that we would be available online. And they wanted to show people associated with the Browning brand, you know, from the from the corporate side, uh, taking opportunities to get out in the field. And long story short, Shondi and I uh, were given the opportunity to take the whitetail hunt because they're trying to do all the different species. I, I may have said that, but they're trying to do like a, a waterfowl hunt, a, a elk hunt, a mule deer hunt. Shondi and I go on the whitetail hunt and we choose to go to Texas. Uh, I had a, a friend down there that we were able to make some arrangements with and we get down there and we start going through the trail camera pictures. And uh, admittedly, I'm not, uh, I'm not the best trophy hunter. Cause that's, I don't, I, that's kind of not my thing. I, I don't get so locked in on one deer, but I guess it was the East side of that ranch. I mean, there was just big deer all over the trail cameras. Mm-hmm. And so we just decided we would hunt that side of the ranch. We'd get up in the mornings and we'd go sit in the box stands and, this sounds crazy because I've been hunting since I was, I don't know, as long as I, you know, elementary school, six, seven, eight, uh, started hunting by myself, young, 10, 11, 12. So I've spent three decades, four decades in the stand by myself. But most of that time I was not having to gauge how old is the deer? What's, what, you know, what, what's he going to score? When you get down there in Texas at these uh, ranches that are like super, managed they're they're all you know they they everything's down to a science on the way they do it and so you go down there and the guy that's running the operation looks at us and he says you know i trust you guys enough what i'm going to let y'all do is just go out with the cameraman and make the judgment call for yourself out of the box stands (laughs) great (laughs) i'm thinking good i can screw up on camera this will be all So actually, Shondi and I had funny, both had funny stories the first morning because the first morning we both probably saw deer that we both probably should have shot. Uh-huh. And we were both a little hesitant. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, because mine was a little early and, and it happened so fast. I, you know, in hindsight, we went back and looked. I was like, man, I should have taken a shot. But it, I was trying to be respectful of their, their ranch regulations. And so we knew one of us killed the first morning. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I had seen enough deer. They were, we, they weren't, uh, rutting yet. Okay. They were, uh, but they were starting to nose around a little bit. You know, it, it, it wasn't like they didn't pay too much mind to each other, but they paid enough attention that after I had seen all those does that morning, I was like, I'm going back there. Cause if there's that many does that like, he he's around there somewhere he he's not far away right so we got out there and sat uh that afternoon there was a 10 that came out uh i, I was being patient uh you know because there was a lot of deer in the area and i'm glad i was because when he first came out instinctively i thought i want to shoot that deer and as he got closer and closer you realized that his opposite main beam was all all janky i was hmm. like man if i'm gonna if i'm gonna come down here and have an opportunity 
and I couldn't run this stupid thing off. So he gets like at 30 yards. He's just, he's right outside the window, and the sun is beating me in the face. I, 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 it's awful. I can't see, but he can see me, apparently. <laughs> I mean, I, every time I breathe, he looks up. I'm like, oh, this is a nightmare. So I, in front of the stand, uh, Doe and Three Fawns come out, and uh, there's a Sendero there that kind of wraps around. and I don't know what. They were, they were in the grass right there, just kind of mingling. And I'm watching them, and I'm trying not to move because I've got this deer, like, in my lap to my left. And this big deer walks out. Uh, I had kind of ranged the end of the road about as far as I could see was about 130 yards. And (laughs) you go through the second-guessing process immediately. Oh, yeah, that's a shooter. No, he's not. (laughs) Yeah, he is. Yes, he is. Uh, so I'm, I'm having this conversation. Uh, I had the, the gentleman that was filming me, I've hunted with him for years now. So we've got a pretty good rapport in the field and, mm-hmm. and he's echoing me as I'm whispering. I'm like, Oh yeah, that's a shooter. And he's like, yeah, that's a shooter. And then I'm like, I don't know. I'm like, well, I don't know. And then he's like, well, I don't know. I mean, you are not helping. Right. <laughs> Finally, he goes, that's definitely a shooter. And I'm like, that's what I just said. And I don't know. It was like three pages up there, except there was two of us. Right. <laughs> and I, I was a little hesitant. Uh, I, I wanted it to be a good, clean shot on a deer like that. And there was some like undulation in the road between there and there. There was grass. And I mean, I probably could if I'd been forced to take it. But he kept working his way toward us where those where that doe was with those fawns because she was probably only 40, 50 yards. She wasn't far. So he, I let him kind of work his way up, and he was kind of feeding a little bit. He'd stop, look at him. Well, every time I even moved my ear, this chucklehead over to my left, <laughs> that I couldn't run off if I had thrown rocks at him, was bringing attention. So the sun's just beating in that window, and I and finally I get turned, and by the time I get situated where I'm comfortable with it, um, the deer was probably about a hundred yards. I was still, I, I wasn't panicking at this point. I still was pretty comfortable with where he was, but man, he was so close to the edge of the grass. Uh-huh. I thought, man, I've got to take the first shot. He really gives me because he, he has managed to get like two feet away from the edge and being back in that brush. And I was like, so when he got it a hundred yards, I'm super comfortable with that shot. I went ahead and took it and, the the funny well it wasn't funny at the time i didn't think yeah i did it was <laughs> <laughs> uh the guy you know we, I, I call him he's like well you know did you hit him good and i'm like I, i'm like yes and i told and he said call me back after you look at the film so we stay up in the box and we're not wanting to disturb anything because a lot of the deer didn't run off we looked at it and he could see the shoulder i just pounded him i was yeah. like yeah so i call him back he drives over there, and we drive up. We find where the deer goes into the brush, and we probably go 15 yards. I mean, we're not far at all. We're maybe 20 steps, maybe. Mm-hmm. And he turns around, and he, he wipes some of the blood off the grass, and he starts sniffing it. And he goes, <laughs> and, and he looks at me, and he goes, did you hit that deer back? Uh, yeah, in that moment, like, this is the biggest deer that I have ever shot at. And right. Like, um I'm, 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 uh, you start babbling at this point. You don't know. <laughs> I look at him and I'm like, well, if you think I'm back, I, I, that's not what it looked like on the video. I said, but 
then you start like, what kind of angle was he? At? Oh my gosh, I've screwed this up. Right. Uh, so he, he, we go through that and I look at him and I'm like, look, if it's back, I'm okay with backing out of here. You know, we can go watch the film on the big screen TV. We can, you know, we can figure this out. And if we need to wait, we need to wait. And he looks at me and he goes, well, we got two options. He said, we can do that or we can walk around this bush and pick him up. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you got to love the jokester. We're not going to be able to use that part of the video. (laughs) (laughs) Because oh, I don't think my mama would be very proud of words I chose. Uh-huh. I can only imagine. <laughs> you pulled a professor moment. Uh, yes, and then so we and I, 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 I'm not ashamed to say I, I was maybe a tad overwhelmed at that moment because I really have conscious. Well, I want consciously is probably the right word. I, I really haven't gone on hunts very often where there's big deer there. Yeah. Uh, and so I haven't had the opportunity to kill big deer. So this was the biggest deer I have ever killed. I was trying to tell people like the, the pictures, it looks a little bigger. And this is where you start getting into the people that are more worried about score than everything else. But right. you know, it's 165. It's a nice, nice deer. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he wasn't very wide, but he's the shape that I love the, I, I say almond, and I don't know if that's even right. But when they look straight at you, it's kind of almond shaped. You know, it's kind of yeah. round. And, uh, yeah, but yeah. It, it doesn't get wide. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you know, technically, when you look at it from the side, uh, you know, you think it's a lot bigger because even the guide thought it was between one seventy five and one eighty. But because he didn't have that main beam length that kind of goes out and around, right? And because the the I want to say it. I still got to 165, and he was only like 16 inches wide. Huh. Okay. So, so you know, if he goes out wide just a little bit more, uh, you know, that increases the main beam length. That increases that score. So you yeah. pick up 10, 10, 12 inches if he was wide. But I didn't care, man. That was, that was I, I was super happy with. Him. No, that was a great deer. I was actually guessing one mid 170s from the picture. Yeah, anything from the side or anything, that's what everybody thinks. You're just losing that about 10 inches, you know, anything that even just barely goes out like another to 18 or 19 inch spread Mm -hmm. is going to add another 10 inches probably. Yeah. The the curve and the main beam would add more length and then the width. Yeah. Well, how about the body size? I will tell you this. Uh, the the arrangements that you have had me have helped us make before we went down there actually helped a ton. Those guys at the Gravic were super nice. Uh, you know, we were all, we got down there a day early, and the the, the deal was, and I wanted to meet those guys and and stop by their facility, and it was going to give us a little time to shoot the guns after we'd flown down there and make sure that they were still on. Mm-hmm. And uh, Mike's. It, it, it helped me being able to go there and shoot. You know, Mike, uh-huh. I'm, I'm a country boy that's been shooting in brush country his whole life. I don't think I've ever had to shoot at home more than 80 or 100 yards. Uh, so, <laughs> you know, we, so, I, I, so I like to really make sure I'm dialed in before I go somewhere. I have to shoot further than that. And he took us out. We did some long-range training. I think we shot out to about 600. So after – I think they were just trying to make me feel better. But after Shandy told me that I that – I, I don't know that I hit it dead center, but I hit the bullseye on the 600 yard target, like on my second shot. Yep. 
So after I did that, I was like, yep, I'm done. I'm good. <laughs> We're finished here. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, that's fun shooting down there long range. I haven't been to their new ranch, the new Gravic, but if it's, it's anything new, like the old one. I wish it hadn't have been so, you know, because I think they told me it had rained like three weeks in a row or it was crazy. It was something ridiculous like that. And so mm-hmm. uh, we probably drove around most of it, but there was still a lot that we just couldn't get to because, I mean, it was soggy. Huh. Okay. But I, I think I, I, their, their plans for the new operation, you know, they kind of showed us. It's kind of neat. They, uh, you know, he's got, uh, you know, he, he uh, he's got a, place right there that he's going to keep like as a a weekend home or something mm-hmm. uh i don't know if i'm using the right terminology there but he's got a little house on the property and then there's a bunkhouse there but he's gonna add i think he said six smaller bunkhouses and that number might not be right but that's the the plan is to add some more bunkhouses and they're gonna have a big mess hall that's gonna have a lot of mounts and really kind of give you the feel for the camp and the, the planning sounds kind of neat. The property is super cool. Uh, for me, I think uh, Shondi and I are going to attempt to go back and do like the full three-day uh, gun training down yeah. there. We're going to try to go back and revisit that because at the time, you know, we were – it was just – it was convenient for us to get down there a day early, but it was hard for us to be gone for a whole week. Right. Out of the whole so we, we wanted to go down there for a day and – see the facility and we were able to do that and i appreciate you helping set that up because you know we, we want to you know do what we can to try and get the word out about what the Neestead foundation does and i, I think raising awareness of that gravic ranch will help do that too mm-hmm. yeah definitely i think i'm going to be down there with you guys when you're when you're there for the okay yeah, I think, uh, the way we talked about it and this is very preliminary but she and I talked about it. It would be a good facility for us to uh, spend some time with some outdoor riders down there. So we might actually make that like a a trip where we take a couple of riders too, and take the more the merrier down there for that because we'll probably need all the hands we can get if we're trying to, you know, demonstrate some firearms, talk about cameras, and try to do some things like that on a visit down there. And I, I think it'll be uh, I, I, it'll be a few months from now, but you know, you and I can kind of coordinate you know, when that's going to be, but it's not going to be anytime soon. I know. Cause we got show season coming up. Yep. Yep. And that's the reason why I was calling you. So we're going to do some, do some things with the podcast at the ATA show. A yes, sir. A, a Browning takeover, so to speak. Yes, sir. Now some of this is like, at least, uh, the detail, well, the, the, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to decide. I'm putting the cart in front of the apple horse here. Or, good God, I can't even talk today. <laughs> <laughs> no more work today. The brain is The gist of it is, and some of this is like uh, tentative, but I, I spoke with Shondi the other day, and it looks like we are going to set it up, the table and everything, like right in front of the Browning booth, like that front, like on the main aisle right there. Okay. So we'll set up a table. We'll have a couple pop-ups kind of right there, but then you'll kind of have your equipment right there. And uh, I don't know how you, like from a technological standpoint, I don't know if you'll use a camera. I don't know if you'll put a camera like on a tripod for like, if you want to do the Facebook live in addition to the podcast, I don't know if we want to try to do that. Cause I know cell signal during shows is kind of a nightmare. So, right. Yeah. We'll probably do some sort of video to, to upload to your Facebook page, but 
we'll have the yeah. we'll have this audio yes. put onto the the break podcast. Yes, then that's kind of why I was getting I was jumping around because that first little part right there is still a little bit in motion. But uh, what we do know is going to happen is we are going to have a Browning takeover of your podcast, and uh, I, I spoke to Sean to you about it the other day and. Not only uh, am, am I going to come in and I'm going to try, I've told everybody I want it to be interesting. I don't, I don't want to just get on there and, and and just drone on about some things. So I want to get, uh, we'll have all of our TV partners stop by for a 10 or 15 minute window. We'll do a quick podcast with them. We'll ask them about, you know, their favorite hunts. And I might even ask them what their favorite colors are, or maybe what the most embarrassing <laughs> song is. You know, what, what's the most embarrassing song you have on your phone, like, right now? Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> I can only imagine. That, they don't, they, you know, that people don't hear about, that they'll give them a reason. And then, you know, I'll, I'll do the, the obligatory, you know, which one of the Browning Trail cameras is your favorite. We'll kind of go through that. So, but in addition to that, uh, Shondi is going to have some of their TV personalities stop by. Okay. Uh, I know that Ralph and I know that she and I discussed Ralph and Vicky. I don't know what her schedule is yet. So, but I know that like, so they would, they would be part of your, of this ATA podcast from the, uh, Browning apparel and the Browning firearms side of things. So there's a lot in motion. Uh, there's going to be a lot of shows involved. I think it'll be really neat because I really, uh, Shawnee and I really talked about trying to make it interesting so that it's not just, uh, you know, so if somebody clicks on it, wanting to hear ATA news, we can give them a little bit about a, a new product or something, mm-hmm. and and then we want to give them, you know, a few minutes of behind the curtain what makes our TV personalities interesting. Uh, so I think it'll be worth the listen for people that'll take the time to listen to the different segments. Uh, yeah, I don't know how you post it. I don't know if you'll post it in ten or fifteen minute blocks or. Yeah, I think I think the best way is just to let people pick which ones they want to you know, listen right. to, I mean, they can yeah. listen to them, obviously all of them in the entire library, but we'll probably break them up into short little, here's a, here's the new Browning trail camera products. And then, uh, yeah. and then here are the celebrities. So we'll just, we'll, yeah. we'll organize them some way. And I think we, I, th- I think, uh, you and I can do one and then you can do one with Shondi or you can do one with both of us. Cause that is a train wreck. That would be, <laughs> that would be comedy central material. If both of them are. <laughs> but i was i was thinking uh you you come in and you can interview us about new products yep if you want to do that and you can ask us in that way that way if people want to learn specifically more about you know get into a little more detail about some of the products we'll have a a podcast that's dedicated strictly to that and and we won't i don't think we need to make those long either um but i think it's easy to talk through that and then people can get the information they need yeah, no, I, and then I, we I, can, yeah, and then we can come along behind it once you've got it posted on all of your uh, platforms, and then we can come through and pass that out. You know, pass out those links or share those links across our platforms with mm-hmm. the new public information because I, I do feel like it's something that maybe we're a little behind the curve on because historically I've wanted to do a better job of getting the word out about the new products. Uh, via social media uh, at ATA and shot when we introduce these things, but there's so much going on and it can get away from you so fast. And man, I show up and so scheduling it like this will force me to do it. Right. You know, I get, I get it there in the moment and 
I mean, you've seen it. I, I mean, it's ridiculous. I'm I'm three deep for the whole time I'm in the building. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's, it's funny. I felt it, I don't know if I felt rude or, but I wasn't trying to be rude last year. I was trying to see as many people as I could, and I would stand up from that table I was sitting at, and I would be in a meeting, and I would stand up and I would point across the booth at like three other people, and I'd be like. You're behind the lady in the green chair <laughs> and the dude with the backpack over there. So you like, what? you're four, you're four, but I got you, man. I got you. And I'm thinking, yeah. I found such a tool right now. I really <laughs> I found such a tool. But it was like the only way to navigate that, you know, because I've got a schedule and I've got people that come in, but like in between those, I'm trying to, you know, I'm trying to give everybody an opportunity and just, it, there's none of time. That's the sad thing of it. But. No. No, there really isn't. Yeah, you you are you are nuts there. I mean, you watch, you know, your partners, right? Yeah, <laughs> I'm losing my mind. Brent loses his mind before, you know, because Brent's trying to make all the arrangements with our retail partners. Uh-huh. You know, and, and John and John's losing his mind a little bit before because you know, obviously, he's trying to have all the new product ready. Right, and then Mark a lot of his things that are important to us, but they're not visible at a show like that because you know he's like doing all of our CFO work and all of our legal. So you know, once he gets to the show, like a lot of the things that he's done have been kind of put to bed. So me, however, (laughs) (laughs) everything I do kind of like culminates at those shows during the. I mean, that's like uh, so it it it, it's good, but it it really wears me out and this year uh, we don't have too many days from the time we leave one to go to shot i mean it's uh-huh. maybe a week, not long yeah now from from my perspective it's uh you are running crazy non-stop yes, yes. brent <laughs> his head's about to explode sometimes because he, <laughs> he's yeah. uh he's you know it's his busiest time with the retail partners being the sales yes. guy Yes, yes. And then John and Mark are definitely the most relaxed. <laughs> the funniest thing that they've done to me over the last couple of years, and I think it's funny. It probably should irritate me, but it doesn't. It, uh, is they've started giving out my cards. <laughs> <laughs> People come up to them at the booth, and they'll be like, oh, you need to talk to him. Oh, good. Yes, yes, yes. I needed somebody <laughs> to talk to. I was kind of getting bored over here with the four people that are waiting on me now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's fun. And Carl and Jeremy and I, we help you out a little bit at the ATA show. So it's just, uh, it's fun yeah, to yeah. sit back from our perspective. Man, y'all are y'all are a huge help at it. And then last year was the first year we had uh, the Huntress View girls that come in. And so I think that Sarah, Courtney, Kenzie. I know Andrea will be there because Andrea works for us now. <laughs> yeah. So she'll be there. Uh, but I, I think that whole crew will be back in there too. And and it's just nice having additional bodies because, man, the first couple of years, uh, you know, because Mark and John, most of their responsibilities lie away from the shows, they would come in and they would help us at like ATN Shot. But Brent and I were trying to do all the shows by ourselves and you know you have rep groups there but i mean they they represent like a dozen or 15 different companies and so they can't be committed to your booth so brent and i were just running ourselves in the ground so just having extra bodies there that we're we're not losing our minds makes all the difference in the world Uh uh-huh yep 
yeah, I've got a good enough relationship with Brent now, finally, after several years. That <laughs> it's, I, it's funny you say that because for years he'd be like, what do you tell them about me? Yeah. I'm just telling them who you are. And he's like, you tell them I'm a butthole or something? No, no. Well, yes, yes. <laughs> so, all right. So that leads me to the story. The first time I worked with Brent at the REMF in Vegas. So, you you know, <laughs> which I've met him before, but, you know, I've never worked right. with him where it's just me and him. Right, right. And, of course, you said the same thing. Now, you know, Brent, you just, you know, you got to watch him. Don't mention TV shows. He hates all TV shows. So don't even mention your TV show. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I did. Yeah. And so, yeah, he's just a real butthead. So, just, <laughs> I was like, okay, I got it. So, we go there, and Nicole came with me, my wife, or, yeah, she came in, I think, yeah, throughout the beginning of it. So, she came, and uh, we're eating dinner with Brent the first night. He's He's taking us out to dinner, and we got talking about our flight. <laughs> our, our return flight home right. and brent was saying yeah yeah you guys good on your flight and everything else like that and of course nicole you know how she is she <laughs> just tells you how it is I was say straight to the point <laughs> yeah oh yeah oh yeah so she looks at the she tells brent's like yeah oh yeah it's you know we're flying home but we get home at we get to st louis at midnight and we got a two-hour drive home i don't know who the idiot was that booked our flight and brent said well that'd be me <laughs> i was like oh god here he is he hates tv shows and he's you just told him he's an idiot <laughs> i appreciate that that is that is still one of my favorite stories Phil <laughs> brings it up Phil. Uh-huh. <laughs> i think he brings it up to you <laughs> oh he does all the time <laughs> oh yeah all the so, time but but i love the ata show now that you know i've gotten to know brent and we're good friends now that yes. uh any all right so your job is marketing so uh-huh. all these tv shows that uh you know they're looking for partners they need a trail cam sponsor they they talk to you yes uh, and i've got them and uh like our outdoor media relations falls under me too so like the editors from Bowhunter Magazine, Peterson's Bowhunting, uh, mm-hmm. Outdoor Life, I, I have to talk to all those people, too. Right. And so if you take all the outdoor writers and all the TV people, and then people that want to be on the pro staff, it, mm-hmm. just, there's an endless supply of people that I could talk to at that show, and I just I don't have the time to speak. Right. You but know. you do give you do give time to almost, I mean, pretty much anybody. You're respectful enough to give them time. Yeah, I, so, I, I really, I really make that. I, I make an effort to do that because I've told people for years, and I, I'm not, I'm not actually patronizing anybody when I say this because it's really how I feel. I feel like if somebody's going to invest the time and they're willing to work with us, I feel at the very least I owe them a conversation, uh, you know, and, and to try and give people that uh, courtesy. I've kind of started to involve Andrea a little bit more with some of the people that come to us about partnerships. So she's helping me with that. So I like to hope and think that over time with some additional help on that front, I will actually be able to get to everybody and, you know, we'll just do our yeah. best to keep trying to do that. So every now and then when, cause last year you were set up, 
you were primarily set up in the main Browning booth, which was kind of catty corner, maybe 30, 40 yards from, from the Browning trail cameras booth. So Correct. we'd see you in there talking to somebody. And if I knew I could get a rise out of Brent, I'd say, Oh man, look at that TV show. You're just signing up. <laughs> <laughs> and you could see the steam start coming out of his collar. <laughs> there, there is one in particular that we will not name because there was one in particular that stopped by that Brent didn't want, not want any part of. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the one I got him going on. I was like, Hey man, I heard you just signed. <laughs> They're talking right now. <laughs> wow. The thing was funny because I was going to dinner with Rafe right after that. So here I am going out with the marketing director over there at the, the Browning Arms side of the company. And I showed him the text and he just starts laughing at me. <laughs> I don't think Brute likes that show very much. <laughs> oh, <laughs> man. <laughs> but yeah, that's fun. It's it's a good time. I, I'm really looking forward to the ATA again. Yeah, I think this year it's the way it, the intent we you know we, we last year Browning was going to have their own space and then we were going to have our own space and then we were going to have that shared space, which is kind of where I was, and it was on the other side of the Browning booth, and that was going to be space where. Like all of the licensees, so in addition to us, you know, the arms could come over there, uh, Browning Camping with the Alps team could come over. So we all tried to put displays of products over there where if we got uh, the editor for Field and Stream over there or we got the editor for Bowhunter Magazine or Deer Deer Hunting, that we would be able to keep them on spot and cover all of the Browning branded products at one time. And I, I think we have found that that was a little more cumbersome. So we've, we've kind of consolidated a little bit. Uh, we will have cameras in the main Browning booth. You know, they've got a, it's a pretty big display and that's where we're going to have the podcast as well. Yeah. And it'll be actually a little closer than it was last year. It'll be caddy corner, but it'll be like 20 feet. It'll be like right across the aisle. Okay. So I'll probably be in both to some degree. One of the reasons that I kind of got on board with that initial concept was I, I, I genuinely thought it was a good idea to keep like the marketing and media and promotional people out of the way when we're trying to sell stuff in our main booth. Right. And so that was, that's the original intent. And I think it has played out well for us. Uh, you know, I, I think that we're trying to find that balance where we can, have uh, personalities and celebrities around the tent uh, without distracting from sales, but also having them there at the same time, like yourself, to try to draw more traffic. And so there's there's some nuance to it that that you know it's you try and learn and try to maximize the booth traffic without distracting from sales. And you know I, I think this year we might be able to do that a little more effectively since I'll be a little closer and I'll probably just get stuck trapped in the aisle every time I try to walk across it. Oh yeah. Yeah. I think was... I remember, I remember now this was probably, this may have been two years ago, two or three years ago. I had, I, I try to block out maybe a couple of hours throughout the week where I can just kind of walk around the show floor. And you had decided to walk around with me and you started laughing because I would go like 10 feet <laughs> and I'd be like, all right, we'll see you later. And I would take like five more steps and I'd get stopped. <laughs> I was about to say that there's 
fourteen thousand people that visit the ATA, you know thirteen thousand two hundred ninety-eight of them. Funny. <laughs> Even John and Mark laugh about it. They're like, seriously. <laughs> but of all of the the stories of people being like, you know them too. The funniest one happened to me last year with Rafe Nielsen from Browning Arms. We're we're going to dinner. Uh, we've got some outdoor writers that we're, we're going to visit with and we're trying to launch the year, new products, you know, get them some exposure, talk to them about what their plans are for the editorial calendars for the year. And so we're doing this and we're walking like down the streets of Indianapolis, just walking down uh-huh. the street and I can't make it 50 feet. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, walking down the street. So we get to the restaurant. And there's an older couple standing at the door with their backs to us, and it's drizzling a little bit. So we step out from the awning to reach for the door, and the older gentleman opens the door. And when he opens it for us, he looks at us, and he goes, Tom Brady! (laughs) (laughs) And Ray drops his head, and he's like, oh, for the love. And he just walks to the restaurant. He just goes, (laughs) (laughs) Uh. <laughs> and then to make it even better, like he's 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 at the table telling people this story. He's like, it's so crazy walking around with him around here. He's like, everybody stops and says hi. He knows him. It's crazy. And as he's telling this story to our guest at dinner that night, I walk up the stairs after I spoke to the gentleman at the door for a minute. And as I'm walking up the stairs to get to our table, there's a table of twelve people right behind us, and I know them. <laughs> <laughs> it's unreal. <laughs> And Ray throws his hands up in there, and he's like, of course he would know the table. Why would he? It's unbelievable. (laughs) It was comical. Uh, (laughs) Because that was when I started, I guess after all these years, that's when I finally started realizing, maybe I do know a lot of people, because I figured Rafe would know a lot of people. But the fact that he was getting so visibly frustrated, (laughs) he was like, are you kidding? (laughs) How do you know him? Well, I met so and so and Joe's wife and this guy and Fred and introduced me to Joe and then I met Lucy and then Lucy introduced me and he's like, just stop. I don't I don't know half the people you just told me about. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm just trying to help, man. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, it is unreal. Yeah, I, I regretted saying I'd walk with you that day. It's like, yeah, I haven't seen the show yet either. I'll, I'll go with you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I think still haven't around. seen anything yeah i think you finally turn around and we're like yeah this is i'm not spending yeah. my time here i'll catch you later tom <laughs> yeah that's actually what you did <laughs> oh, yeah all right so yeah we'll uh we're gonna do a bunch of podcasts and we'll just do a bunch of short ones i envision doing six or eight or ten a day who knows but we'll yeah, uh I, I think uh you know i'm gonna try to space it out uh We'll have, you know, Don and Candy will stop by, and, and so we'll have Whitetail Freaks. Drop Zone will be there. Um, let me see. Uh, I'm trying You'll to go down. Bow Life. You'll have. Yeah, Dick and the Outdoors will be there. Levi and Samantha will be there from Bow Life. Brad Miller will be there. He still works on NBA time, though, so he'll be there afternoon. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> He blames it on living in California. That's, that's his story. That's usually what he goes with. Yeah. Well. It's like, my clock gets thrown off over here on Eastern time. Yeah. I'm like, you're from Indiana. What are you talking about? <laughs> right. Yeah, that should be a home. <laughs> that should be your home clock. Right. 
It's <laughs> the internal clock there. It should be. He's like, if I get up at 8 when I'm all at home in California, that's like 11 o'clock here. Uh-huh. I'm like, oh, for the love. <laughs> and you said you get up at 8? Yeah, right. I was like, <laughs> you ain't getting up at 8. I'm like, stop. <laughs> that, that is one good dude. I, I, I've, I've been. I'm. I feel. I'm happy that I've gotten to know him over the last few years. So he'll be there. So that's one, two, three. Uh, I'm probably going to have Kurt Wells and Danny Ferris stop by and visit with us. Yep. They both host Bowhunter TV from Bowhunter Magazine, and Kurt is actually the editor for the magazine. Uh, so they might have some interesting tales. Danny is a character. So Dave, if if we're able to sync those guys up, it's funny because they contrast to each other because Kurt is kind of serious and he's real stoic. He's a great guy, but he's just, you know, some people, Danny is like the circus clown that it, oh man. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I don't guess I've sat down with Danny. Now I I did hang out with Kurt at that shot show at the party you guys throw. Yeah. Kurt did. Yeah. I think both of them came to it. Okay. But the juxtaposition of the two personalities is just, it's, it's funny. So if you, I'm trying to coordinate where I get both them on the schedule. Uh, so those six in particular, uh, one, two, obviously you guys is seven. So at least six or seven like media visits from us. And I don't know, I, I'm, I'm going to talk to a couple other people that aren't TV shows that are maybe outdoor media people that might be interested in stopping by. Mm-hmm. I'll just kind of get a feel for it. Well, but, but so outside, you know, at least from your perspective, though, you'll have a few more with Shondi, uh with, uh, like I said, I don't know if she's got Ralph and Vicky on the schedule. I know they sponsor her. I know uh, Willie. So they, they've got a few people that, that, that she's going to want to interview for the, on their behalf. So yeah, you should have a ton of, of, of interesting podcasts from that perspective, not to mention new products. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That That's the gist of it. There's going to be a something for everybody there's going to be a lot of content during those few days of ata so it should be a good good few days yeah i I, i'm looking forward to it honestly that's one of my favorite shows of the year it's it's a little chaotic but you 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 kind of get a feel for how your year's gonna go like really quick i mean it's a, it, it, it's uh, you get to see people. I, I once had this conversation. Uh, Ray Lynch uh, was with Realtree for 26 years, maybe a little longer. Uh, but he was Bill's first marketing guy and served as his vice president of marketing for forever. Mm-hmm. And I'm standing in the aisle one year, and Ray and I are visiting, and he he looks at me and he just kind of spreads his arms across the aisle, and he you know he's like. He said, you, he said, I thought about this. He said, and if you want to really kind of put the pen to the paper, he said, the reason that all of us are so excited to see each other is because we have literally spent maybe years of our lives together. Yeah. And, I, and, and so he started to elaborate a little bit because, you know, especially when, when you're first going to every show, man, and you, you think about it, you go to eight weeks worth of shows every year. Mm-hmm. And, and, and like myself or like Ray and like Brent, you know, people that have been doing it 10, 15 years, 20 years. I mean, you're in, you're with the same group of manufacturers, a lot of the same buyers. 
you're with those people like quite literally if you count the days you're with people a year and a half two years out of your life yeah i mean it's a pretty good and so it was interesting when ray was telling me that so i think that's kind of put into perspective one of the reasons i enjoy going to APN. one it's the people in the industry that really make things happen are at these shows um and it's not always the, the TV celebrities it, it, as much as the, I get the opportunity to see other manufacturers, see how their years have been going. Because when you go to the buying group shows and things like that, you know, there, there, there aren't any TV personalities and such. Like there's not really it's people that are selling product to our retail partners. And so I enjoy getting to see all of those people that are kind of chewing the same dirt that I'm chewing. Right. Yeah. Uh, you know, cause you kind of share your war stories. How's your year going? You know, did you notice this? Did you see this? Uh, so I think it helps you bring a lot of perspective to your year. And it's, it is nice to see people after feeling like you've been snowed in for the last half of December and the early day in January. Right. Yep. Yeah. No, I love it. And the ATA is the first one of the year. Really? Yes. I guess, well, at least for me, it is. Everybody's got all their gossip bottled up, ready to go. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> ready to go. Uh-huh. <laughs> we do, there, there is like a, there's a couple of distributor shows that launch maybe right before. But yeah, that's the first big one where like, where everybody's there. You know, SHOT Show has more people, but you've also got, uh, you know, like military and government contractors and police departments. So, you know, that, that contributes a lot to the actual foot traffic there. and. Mm-hmm. I think there's more people with each company that like to try and maybe get out to Vegas for two or three days for whatever reason. I, I land in Vegas and I just beg the pilot to turn the plane around and take <laughs> <Yeah>. the <trip. laughs> I couldn't <laughs> wait. Yeah, each his own, but uh-huh. Vegas just isn't my thing. I just uh, I try to go to bed at eight thirty every night. And everybody laughs at me. You old man? I'm like, yeah, but I'll get <laughs> yeah. up to breakfast in the morning. Uh-huh. <laughs> I know. I went. I've been to I don't know probably eight. ATA shows, maybe something like that. I can't remember yeah. when I started going. 2011, I guess. So, yeah, I've been to so many of those, and I couldn't wait to go to my first shot show. And I went with you guys a couple of years ago, and I thought it was awesome that first year. And by the second year, I was like, Yeah, I've had enough of this. <laughs> <laughs> this one is actually too much work. Yeah. ATA yeah, is fun. <laughs> yes, this shot, man. Ooh, it's kind of a geez, it's. <laughs> And then when you, and then when you're in Vegas with the Energizer Bunny Drake, yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Well, I mean, seriously, like I, and it's a compliment to him because I wish I was more like this. But I seriously think, like, if you, if you if you like locked him in a broom closet, he'd find something to get excited about. Like seriously. Oh yeah. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I, I wish I was more like that. I really do. Well. That's just like setting your guys' booth up. So we fly into Vegas, and we get there. Carl and Jeremy and I get there a day early because we try to get your booth set up. Right, right. And we're all flying at, the, at different times. Carl arrives first. Um, that's just the way our planes – and I, I got there maybe three or four hours later, and Jeremy comes in close to the same time I was. Right. And I told Carl, I was like, well, you know, just wait for us to get there, and we'll uh, run over there and set that booth up. By the time we got there, three hours later, it was basically done. He couldn't he couldn't help himself but to go over there and set it up right away by himself. 
I was like, man, we would help you. Just, you know, we couldn't get here any earlier. Our plane just landed, literally. No, man, he got stuff to do. He's on the move. Oh, I'm telling you. He's like, I just got bored, so I figured I'd come over here and do it. (laughs) I was sitting there thinking, I wish I had time to get bored. Yeah. (laughs) But it's funny because I've got nowhere like in Vegas now. Like, I. I, I, I like set my room up like my office, like and, and I like have my laptop and all my work spread out on the on the table in there, and I really will like I'll get done. We've got that reception we do with everybody on Wednesday night, but like most of the other nights, like I'll go up to my room right after the show and I'll answer emails and heck I might take a nap. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm still in bed by like nine or ten. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, not Carl. No, because I, I just tell people like I, I, I'm like I don't care if I sound rude anymore. I'm old and I'm not doing anything. <laughs> but the thing is, isn't Carl older than you? Yes, which makes me even more tired. Oh man! As much energy as he has, I'm like that dude's got to be like thirty, right? Yeah. No, <laughs> he's not. And you're like, geez, man. <laughs> God love him. I'd I'd take 20 of them in a minute. Oh, yeah. Me too. But then I'd have to go on medication if I had 20, though. (laughs) 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 Oh, man. All right, man. We've been talking for a while. I know you're busy. You got to get back to the grind here. I'll get back to the non-fun stuff now. Yeah, exactly. So, um, yes. So, yes. We are doing the podcast. It's going to be a lot of them. It's going to be quick and uh, yep. almost uh, almost live, semi-live. As soon as we do them, we're going to upload them, and they'll be right there. So, Yeah. No, and like I said, we'll be trying to do some interesting things with our with our pro staff team members and our, our partners. And like I said, I, I don't want to do anything that will put somebody on the spot or embarrass anybody. But things like, you know, really like – because I'm not even sure I would want – I've probably got some funny answers. Like what, what, what's the, uh, what's the most embarrassing song on your phone or something like that? Cause like, I almost want to look and do it to myself right now. <laughs> <laughs> what is the most embarrassing thing on my phone? I don't know if I got anything too bad. Well, I'm, I'm currently looking to, well, actually I, let me see. I've got one. I don't know that it's embarrassing, but it is kind of funny. Yeah. I've got Sirius. You know, it's S-I-R-I-U-S by the Alan Parsons Project. (laughs) People that are my age will appreciate this, but it's the whole thing that I go through when I listen to it. It's actually on my workout tape because you can go back and Google it. You Google like Chicago Bulls, Ray Clay, because Ray Clay was the arena announcer for the Chicago Bulls when Michael Jordan played there. Oh, yeah. And the song that played as they were getting ready to introduce the Chicago Bulls was serious. It's like the intro to Eye in the Sky, basically. So it's like the Alan 
So when that music's playing, I think like I'm, I'm like as awesome as Michael Jordan because I'm walking around. <laughs> yeah. down, down, down. You know, I'm just gonna go walking. Then I mean, I'll die walking a mile and a half on the treadmill, but I still think I'm Michael Jordan because Sirius is playing on my phone. <laughs> uh, <laughs> That's probably a little embarrassing, but but I, I still get goosebumps when I can hear Ray Clay when he does the Hulk from North Carolina. Uh-huh. Six six. Edgar, Michael, Jordan. I still like <laughs> kill that. Uh huh. <laughs> so that's not embarrassing at all. I, I, I would like you know other stuff. I don't like. I don't think Mozart's embarrassing. I've got Mozart on here. I have to. I have to have noise when I'm working, and I get distracted by all the cool stuff. So uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> now this one's kind of. This one's probably embarrassing, just because Nicholas Cage is a wackadoodle. Yeah. But I do have. <laughs> The Gone in 60 Seconds album on here. <laughs> but, the, but the coolness factor goes up when you realize that DMX's Party Up is on that album. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I think the cool from that album balances out the rest of it. Okay. I think my... I've got it. I found it. I found one that most people would be like, what? I found it. What is it? Mr. Blue Sky by Electric Light Orchestra. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's the one I should be embarrassed about. Uh-huh. I think my worst is Come On and Ride It by the Quad City DJs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I do have, well, I tell you, well, actually, you know, I, I would say that uh that i should be embarrassed by by the elo song but you know older people might be like oh i kind of like electric light orchestra actually the one that if i was at a hunting show and i told them i had i've actually got i think uh i think i've got the gaga on here somewhere yeah i've got a gaga on here it's hard to it's hard to resist the gaga man she can sing sometimes She's talented. Uh, actually, I do have that album with her and Tony Bennett, that old jazz stuff. Yeah. It's actually really good. It's actually really good. I've got a song on here that many people don't know about, but it's a cool song. It's Standard American by Gunner and the Grizzly Boys. Have you heard of that? No, but it sounds like they should be on tour with my man Cody Jinks. Yes, they probably should be. You should check <laughs> that out. I was going to say, that sounds just like somebody that should be playing with Cody Jinks. Yes. Yes. If I were a uh, UFC fighter, that would be my walkout song. (laughs) (laughs) What would be my walkout? Maybe that would be the question I'll ask everybody. There you go. That's a good question. What would be your UFC walkout song? Yes, if you were a UFC fighter, what would be your walkout song? I'd come out to the Hawaii Five-0 theme. Oh, really? (laughs) <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> Who am I intimidating with the wife? I vote. Seriously. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, my God. It might be the 18 that's right. Maybe that's what I'd go with. Yeah, that would be better. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Maybe, maybe, maybe that might be what I go yeah. with. But anyway, I guess the whole point of, the, of, of this bit of, of babbling is that I want to do things like this that are kind of cool that, you know, maybe get see a little behind the curtain on some of our personalities and pro staffers and maybe that'll make it a little interesting and then get them to talk maybe a little about their season and what they've got coming up and things yeah. like that. No, it'll be, it'll be a lot of fun. I'm really looking forward to it. 
Yep, I am too. Okay, brother, I will let you go and let you get back to your day, and I'm going to wrap um, this thing up. All right, brother. I appreciate it. I'll talk to you later. Okay, sounds good. See ya. All right, that was Tom Rainey with Browning Trail Cameras. I always enjoy talking to Tom. It uh, He's a blast. He's a blast. And the ATA show is going to be a blast, too. I can't wait to get this podcast going there with the Browning Takeover, Browning Trail Cameras, and Browning Guns and Apparel. Uh, Tom and Shondi are a lot of fun. Hopefully, we'll get Rafe to talk a little bit as well, too. But uh, stay tuned to that. So be sure to subscribe again to the Break Podcast. Um, the easiest way to find it is to su- just search through iTunes or Google Play, or you can go onto the Podbean app. You can download that app to get the Break Podcast. But just search for the Break Derek, and that's the easiest way to pull it up. The Break Podcast with Derek Dernberger is the full name of it. That'll definitely get it up, but usually if you just shorten it to the Break Derek, D-E-R-E-K, uh, you'll it'll pull it right up and just hit the subscribe button because we're going to have a lot of cool guests and I'll talk about a lot of new products from Browning and Browning Trail Cameras and other Browning affiliates, licensees. So looking forward to it. That's the ATA show, and that is January 10th through the 12th is the ATA show. So that's when we'll be running all this. So will be a lot of fun. It will be some uh, good podcast audio and we'll look for the video as well on the break Facebook page. And then also on uh, Browning trail cameras and Browning as well. And any of the other licensees that, that may be there and get involved. So anyways, that's it. I'm going to wrap this podcast up. We've been talking for right at an hour, which is a lot longer than I planned on talking. Um, but like Tom said, no short story. He's, he never has a short story and that's good. I like it that way. All right, guys, I'm taking off here. Follow us at hunt the break on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, and, uh, check out huntthebreak.com. I'll have all the podcasts loaded there. And again, be sure to subscribe to the break podcast. Just search for the break Derek. All right, that's it guys. Talk to you later. This is Derek Dernberger, and you're listening to The Break Podcast. 